Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It may not be obvious as you first listen to the gospel this morning when Jesus is asked the question, Lord, will those who are saved be few? It may not be obvious that as Jesus responds, he's really speaking about a community, a new community that's totally different from the world that we know today. Michael Wilcox speaks about this gospel this way. He says, Luke the physician was fascinated by people, rich and poor, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, rulers and slaves, a community of different people from all over and from all walks of life. And in this gospel, the writer says, he delights to reveal Jesus, not as the savior of an elite community, but of anyone in any condition who turns to him. Luke knew exactly what he was doing when he wrote this gospel. And he speaks about this in his opening sentence, the opening verses of Luke, where he says, to set forth an orderly and accurate account of what had been accomplished by the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today we have that life of Jesus as he's journeying through villages and towns, teaching. And it says as he was going to Jerusalem, And Jesus taught very clearly about his going to Jerusalem when he said, The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. It's Jesus' death and resurrection that delivers, as the writer to Hebrews says, a new covenant. And it's where Jesus, in this new covenant, brings about a new community. People will come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And be sold, some who are last will be first, and some are first who will be last. Jesus, the mediator of this new covenant, makes for a community for all people. So God binds us together, as we just sang. He binds us together in the love that is shown to us in Christ Jesus, this new covenant, into this new community. And it's not because of our careers. It's not because of our color of skin, our wealth, or our family of origin. But we have, through baptism and through faith, we've been brought together into a 2,000-plus-year-old community that God has brought to us through Christ. And it's only possible to have this community that comes to us because it comes through Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So now as this community, the believers that God has gathered together, how do we then deal with our community that is outside of these walls? So one hot topic today is the word tolerance. Recently, a newspaper reported this. People who think they have the truth are dangerous. Everyone has the right to their own truth. No one should press their truth upon others. Tolerance means to believe there is not an absolute truth. But I would say as Christians, we have an absolute truth 
when we talk about the community of faith that only comes together through Christ Jesus, when we talk about baptism, when we talk about the Lord's Supper, that we have an absolute truth. We have this community that God brings together in Christ. So tolerance is different for us than it is than the world around us. Tolerance for us would be how do we treat people who differ in their opinions, that have a different opinion than we do? Or how does Jesus teach us to consider, not to take sides, but how do we consider those who don't believe like you and like me? One pastor has said this, community flounders because I exclude those who I disagree with from the community of humanity. And I exclude myself from the community of sinners. No one person has a corner on sin. All have sinned, as Paul says, and fall short of the glory of God. And all of us are sinners in need of Jesus as our Savior. That's why Dr. Martin Luther, as he was looking at this text from, from Luke, he said that this gospel lesson, this hearing today of God's word from the gospel of Luke, should alarm all of us, should concern all of us. Because asking the question, can those people be saved, somehow puts us in a different place. That somehow, as sinners, we are no longer in need of a Savior because we have saved ourselves. But when God's Word comes to us and shows us our sins, when God opens the door of our hearts to see that we have this great need, that we need Jesus as our Savior, and He and drains us of, of all of our abilities to change ourselves, the question can no longer be asked, is there anyone of those people that can be saved? Instead, Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door. And this word strive is not to make an extra effort to be good, to be more loving, to be more tolerant, but it's a word that is to struggle. It's a word that means a conflict with an adversary. And perhaps in our gospel teaching for today, the adversary is ourself. When maybe we're thinking something like, I'm okay, but those people are in trouble. Before we can build community outside of these walls, God must work within each and every one of us. God must do his inner work in us. There was a 19th century pastor uh, J.W. McCarver that said this, if God were to give special miraculous gifts today, he would not ask for the gift of healing or prophecy or tongues. Rather, he would ask for the power, the power above everything else for people to repent, for people to rid themselves of their own authority, rid themselves of their own pride, and to turn to Jesus. The writer to Hebrews says that Jesus is the founder. He is the perfecter of our faith. And it's in this community that God continues to point us to the cross, 
to point us where Jesus took our place, where he got what we deserved. And so there could be this great exchange that then we could then be where God has placed us at his table to recline with our Lord, where he is the Lord of all. And as we come to the Lord's Supper today, we come knowing that Christ himself is broken in the bread, that Christ's blood is shed in the wine, that his body and blood are present for us. The brokenness of God, one bread, one cup, that brings us together as one, but to know that no one, no one is beyond God's redemption that comes in Christ Jesus, that God himself has redeemed all. In one of our hymns in Lutheran service book, one of the verses says it this way, Lord of all, grant me grace to love all people, every race, and in each person may I see myself, may I see myself redeemed by thee. It's not easy to see others redeemed by Christ Jesus, but turning to Jesus in our lives, turning away from ourselves will open God's door in our lives, open us to his grace and his mercy and the power for God to accomplish something special in all of us, that which is pleasing to him, to foster in us the will to see community in a different way, to make community happen, to make community happen here, but also to make community happen outside of these walls. Even with people we disagree with, And even those who don't share the same faith that we share, that don't speak about Jesus in the same way that we do. This past week, I asked the question twice in a couple services I did, one at the adult daycare and then one at Sunrise, a retirement home. I asked this question. Here in this community, will few be saved? It was interesting because I could tell they were processing, they were thinking, and they were, they were looking around at each other. And then they were thinking, well, I know I'm okay. But they were looking around, and finally they said, well, you know, everyone here will be saved. Henrine and, and Ernie and uh, Miss Pat and Miss Laura, everyone here will be saved, but there's some pretty odd people out there in the hallways in some of the other rooms, yeah, I'm not sure about them. Well, on Monday morning when I was driving to do the first service on KMOX, I heard this story about a new FDA drug that had been approved. It was to fight some childhood disease and it was supposed to bring a cure. And they said, just sort of in passing, they said, the cost of the drug is $2 million. And they said, they just, just without a breath, they said, it will exclude a few people. I thought, you think so? You know, How many people will be left out? Well, when I told them this story, they're all looking at each other, $2 million, that's a lot. But I went back to tell them that God's mercy, God's love, his grace, his forgiveness is for all people. That no one is left out because Christ paid it all. He paid the full price by giving his life and to bring together a community that believes in him, that his teaching in his life is everything for us, that his death and resurrection ends our death and brings us eternal life. 
And that all that Christ has done is enough, not only for us, but enough for everyone. At that point, one of the adult daycare members, Chris, said, that's pretty cool. So I believe we can end today thinking about this community of faith by God's grace that comes to us in Christ Jesus, that we can end today with the words that Chris said. That's pretty cool. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen.